In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. This is D. Orlando Ledbetter here with the 96th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Got some new music today here. We'll tune you in here at the end about the free music archives and Young Quartz, a song called Lids. The 96th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast, everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons who are getting ready to go to Green Bay to face the Green Bay Packers at Lambeau Field on Sunday at 1 o'clock. Without further ado, we're going to get right to our special guest this week, Tom Silverstein of the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. We used to cover the team together back in the 90s, back during the Brett Favre era. Let's get to Tom here as he gets us filled in on what the Packers have been doing over the last 24 hours after firing Coach Mike McCarthy on Sunday. All right, we're here at the Bowtie Chronicles podcast with esteemed reporter from the Milwaukee Journal Signal, Tom Silverstein. He's going to walk us through uh, the last uh, 48 hours in Packerland and uh, set up the game for us this week. Hey, welcome to the podcast, Tom. Hey, thanks, D. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, yeah, the last 24 hours have been uh, somewhat eventful. You know, they fired their coach three hours after they suffered one of the worst losses uh, in home history, or at least at least this millennium. You know, it was just a embarrassing. Uh, it was like the team couldn't have been flatter and. Um, less effective if they had tried and so losing to a two and nine team their record is four seven and one not almost no chance to make the playoffs even if they win out and and there really was a thought that if they did win out and they have a very favorable schedule that they had a legitimate chance to make the playoffs but then losing to arizona just you know was, was the final straw and mark murphy decided uh to pull the plug on mccarthy after 13 years it's kind of unusual to do it the day after or you know three hours after a game four games before the season ended um but he decided to do it yeah and uh joe philbin's the interim uh didn't do so well in miami but uh has some respect in uh packerland for his previous uh stint as the coordinator correct yeah yeah so you know he, he's basically auditioning for the job i mean he he didn't doesn't think of it that way but you know you, you you have to think of it that way. He's, I'm sure they're going to keep a good eye on what he's doing and, and evaluate and see if the team improves. But even if it does, even if they went 4-0, they've got to um, look around and they got to try to find who's the best candidate 
is. Uh, you know, I, I don't know that the field is as good as it was last year. And so that's part of what they're facing. Uh, and, you know, they're also facing the need to make use of Aaron Rodgers while he's still uh, you know, able to play at a high level. And he hasn't been playing at a high level of late. He's been playing pretty poorly, really. And whether that's not just because of the, the offense, he's just playing poorly. So they do have to find someone who can um, resurrect this offense. Mm-hmm. And the, um, you know, uh, uh, did they kind of fail him and and not putting the line around him? I see he's got 35 sacks. Ryan's got 36. They're getting sacked almost uh, point seven and 7.3 of their dropbacks. Uh, uh, the line's been an issue here, and I was just wondering if that's one of the main things up in Green Bay, too. Well, at times it is, but the thing with Rodgers is that he holds on to the ball a long time because he's always looking for a big play. And he's, from what I can tell, he's bailed out of the pocket more this year than any time I can remember. And so he's not remained patient and done what he used to do, which was buy time in the pocket. He'd move around in the pocket and try to find... Uh, a spot he's really quick to leave the pocket now and i think that's led to a lot of his sacks because uh he's not as fast after suffering that knee injury in week one he's just not as fast as he's been before he doesn't outrun anybody anymore and i i think that's been a big part of the problem and coverage has been part of it too the interior of the line has had some issues, the, the two guard spots, but, you know, their tackles are solid and their center is really good. So it's not all on the offensive line by any means. And uh, tell the Falcon uh, fans about the defense over there. I know they're going through some changes. Uh, uh, I know Barnett was let go, the local Atlanta guy, and, uh, you know, Clay Matthews uh, is still there. But, but what's going on on the defensive side of the ball with the Packers? and they've had a bunch of injuries in the secondary uh, and they're um, running a new scheme. They're running Mike Patton's scheme as many of your fans are uh, um, uh, acquainted with Rex Ryan. He He's a Rex Ryan disciple so he does just a share of exotic blitzes and they've, they've actually while they haven't been great um, they play hard. That's that's the one thing you can see. They play hard. They play aggressively. Uh, they haven't given up. And, you know, they have some young talent. Their first-round pick, Jair Alexander, has been um, more than what they thought he could be. And really, if he had had a full season, he missed a couple of games, he'd be in the running for defensive MVP, or, yeah, defensive rookie of the year. And so um, that's been good. But they, they've had so many injuries in the secondary that they had to move one of their corners, Tremont Williams, to safety for a while. Um, they got rid of HaHa Clinton Dix, their starting safety, because he wasn't playing that well and he was going to be a free agent. They just decided to move on. But, um, you know, Kevin King, their top pick from last year, is a starting cornerback, and he's been out a lot this year. Okay. Um, I just think he's missed the last four or five 
games with a hamstring injury, and that's hurt them a lot. Uh, pass rushing, uh, Clay Matthews is still around. Their, their best all-around player on defense is Kenny Clark, okay. their nose tackle. I mean, he's just an up-and-coming, uh, really, really good player. And they, when they lost Mike Daniels last week or two weeks ago to a broken foot, that really hurt. Uh, and they had a, re- a nice interior pass rush with those two guys, and now Daniels is gone. So that hurts them some, too. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, hey, I see Devontae Adams is still is putting up big numbers, 85, 1,111. Is that pretty much the is Aaron, who's Aaron's throwing off of this year? And I know Randall Cobb's been hurt. Yeah, yeah. Adams is, you know, the target. They just... He's just having a phenomenal season. He's um, drawing the best corner. You know, he's getting shadowed by, you know, Xavier Rhodes, Patrick Peterson, um, Gary Slay. Uh, You can just go whoever the team's best corner is, they follow Devontae Adams. And he's just, I I never saw it coming, but he's emerged uh, into it top five, at least top ten wide receiver in the NFL. He is really hard to cover. He's really good off the line of scrimmage. Not not particularly fast, but strong and uh, you know, he's, he's a poor man's Julio. He, he, he doesn't have that speed, but he's strong and he has really excellent feet and gets off the line of scrimmage and, and uh, has Tremendous moves. Okay, and last question before I let you go, and this is a selfish one. What's the forecast for the weekend? (laughs) (laughs) I would say bring some mittens. Okay. Uh, It's going to be probably in the mid 20s, maybe a little bit higher. So it's not too bad. Oh, no, that's great. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. We used to play golf up there when it was in the 50s. So (laughs) I could walk my dog in the 20s. That's okay. Oh, yeah. All right, that was Tom Silverstein. We all covered the Packers together back in the 90s. Tom was at the Sentinel, then we merged to the Journal Sentinel, and it was uh, myself, Tom, and Bob McGinn together. Uh, Bob, since retired, he's got his own website out there for uh, the Packer fans, uh, BobMcGinnFootball.com, and, uh, of course, I subscribe to that. But I wanted to get Tom on here to get us ready for the Packers, and he did a good job there. Just going down a few more things. Uh, Kevin Burkhardt, Charles Davis, and Pam Oliver, the Fox crew, will have their third Falcon game this year. Uh, so they've had a couple here in Atlanta, and they'll have this one up there. Uh, the Packers interim coach, Joe Philbin, was 28-24. and 24. I read that reverse. 24 and 28 in Miami as the head coach. Of course, he was the OC when the Packers won the Super Bowl after they upset the Falcons in 2000 and after the 2010 season and uh, against the Steelers. And uh, then in 2012, he went to Miami. Uh, didn't do too well down there and got ran off after their fourth game in 2015. 
Let's look at some of the breakdowns here, the Falcons offense against the Packers defense, and try to find some of the mismatch advantages in this game. Uh, Both teams have underperformed. The turnover ratio is the same pretty much. Minus two uh, for the Falcons, which ranks 20th. And the Packers are at even zero, which is 18th in the league. Now, the Falcons' offense is uh, points is 24.7 a game, 14 in the league. Yards, 377.6, which is 10th in the league. And the uh, Russian is 79 yards a game, last in the league. Uh, the um, passing yards, 298.6, is 5th in the league. And, you know, they've been able to master getting garbage yards. They did it in New Orleans, had 377 yards. A lot of them came after they were down 24-3. Then a lot of the yards uh, against Baltimore came, 42 of the yards came after they went down uh you know, late in that game, uh, 26 after the uh, the, the 19-10 on the punt. And then on the uh, next play, they got the touchdown, sack strips touchdown. So they're down 26-10. to 10. They got a garbage drive in there to get six points in and play like they were rallying. But, yeah, so their yards look a lot better than what their line's been playing. The run line, the run yards tell the truth there. Whereas the, uh, you know, they should be able to run against the Packers. They are 25th against the run, uh, 127.8 yards. Uh, they are six against the pass, 224 uh, points. They are 17th, 23.9 a game, and total yards 351.8, which is 13. So you know, we look for if you're in the top 16, you're in the top half of the league. And that's a decent team. And anything below 16 is pretty bad. Of course, all the Falcons numbers are uh, in the top 16, except for the run run uh, number, which is last in the league. It's problematic because their offense is based off of throwing off the run game. When you don't have a run game, you don't have anything to throw off of. So uh, that's been the problem here with the Falcons and their offense and their decline here over the last four games. Now the defense, uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers, they're off a little bit up there too this year. Uh, they're 16th in points, 24, 23.4. Eighth in total yards, 380.6. 21st in uh, rushing, 105.7. So they're not running it either, but they historically haven't ran it. They tried to run for a while when they had Eddie Lacy, but that was it. Uh, and they're um, 274.9 passing. They're in six in the league. So you got the uh, sixth and fifth passing teams in the league going at it. So they will be able to throw it around, if nothing else. And uh, the Falcons' defense... They're uh, below 16 in everything, 27.8 points, 28th in the league, 394.226 in the league uh, in total yards. Then rushing yards, 130.7, which is 27th, and then 263.5, which is 25th in the league. So it's a wild card type of game. Joe Philbin's the new head coach. Up there taking over for Mike McCarthy. He doesn't strike me as the energizer bunny where he's going to motivate the team and have them all fired up to come out and play. But, you know, when you do fire the coach, in uh, my uh, experience covering the Packers, uh, 
Ray Rhodes was the coach. He got fired right after the last game there of his first season. Um, and then they moved on to Mike Sherman. But, uh, you know, when you do fire the coach, the players know that, hey, everybody's job's in jeopardy. So they're playing for their own pride, their own jobs, their own careers in the NFL, whether they got to uh, impress uh, Philbin or some other coach around the league. Uh, so, you know, you're going to get a spirited Green Bay unit. When the Falcons go up there to try to, you know, keep playing in their season and so forth. So we'll see, um, you know, how tight the Falcons are, if they are up to finishing out this thing strong or if they're going to lay it down on the on the ground here for Coach Quinn and uh, his staff and uh, just tank the rest of the season out. I don't think they're going to try to do that. They have played hard. They just haven't played very well, especially on the offensive side of the ball over the last four games. So with that, we're going to get on out of here. The 95th, 6th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Let's put on some music and get to moving. Yeah, there we go. The 96th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast, The Orlando Ledbetter of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons, 4-7. They're going to face the Packers, who are 4-7-1. The Packers will be at home on Sunday. The Atlanta Falcons will take their 4-8 record on the road and try to stop a four-game losing streak. Take care and have a great rest of the week. From the Free Free Music Archive, Young Carts, the record is Liz. Have a great one. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC. Hip-hop is a product of black people. It's a product of black song and celebration. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution presents Hip-hop's most pulled elements are pulled from the South. A Southern hip-hop store. We always go back to that moment of the Source Awards. Everybody wants your rhythm, but they don't want your blues. The biggest names in hip-hop. Atlanta is still the mecca for hip-hop. 50 years. No one can deny. One film. The power of the South now. The South got something to say. Streaming now at AJC.com slash hip-hop.